the three major questions that we get are, how do I start up a clinical trial in Australia? Um, how do I access the research and development tax incentive? And uh, how do I get one of those clip-on fluffy koalas that um, I can take home to my children? It's, uh, it's one of those meetings where you really need to pre-plan your meeting schedule, pack three times as many business cards as you think you'll need, um, and prepare to partner. Hello and welcome to another edition of the MTP Connect podcast series. Today we're getting up close and personal with Oz Biotech. If you're in Australia's biotech, pharma, medtech sector, then you probably know about Oz Biotech, but we want to get to know them just a little bit more. Lorraine Shrew is uh, good enough to come into the MTP Connect podcast studio today. She is the CEO of Oz Biotech. And also joining us for today's discussion is Dan Grant, MTP Connects CEO. Hello to you both. Hello, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Let's uh, dive right in, Lorraine, and talk about bio. It's uh, it's the world's biggest gathering of, uh, of biotech and pharma people. And I guess in about two and a half weeks, it'll all be kicking off. Um, you're, you're coordinating it at Oz Biotech. How's it shaping up? It's shaping up beautifully. So bio is uh, the large, as you mentioned, the largest meeting uh, in the world of the biotech sector. And it brings together about 16,000 delegates, um, sometimes up to 20,000 delegates. And it's quite an incredible meeting. Um, We get about 7,000 companies along to bio um, from 67 countries. And they run an enormous amount of partnering meetings during that event. Um, There's about 1,800 exhibitors and about 50 state and international pavilions. Um, Australia will, is of, is one of the um, international pavilions, and Ausbiotech's uh, been leading the presence at Bio for over over a decade now. Um, it is a, a collaboration between um, the federal and state governments and um, and Ausbiotech to support the sector and uh, to provide a central presence um, for the Australians that are taking their expertise. Uh, to the world to put it on show uh, in this in the life sciences space um, for partnering and collaboration opportunities, and so it's a it's an incredibly rich opportunity for uh, anyone in this sector to get together with people from around the world, um, but particularly uh, given the strength of biotech in the US, it's an opportunity to meet all of the US um, players. And obviously, MTP Connect is thrilled to be supporting you and to be supporting the mission. Australia traditionally has a pretty strong presence at bio. Is that going to be the case this year? Yeah, Australia will have the largest presence this year that we've ever had. We, for the first time in in over a decade, uh, got all the major states um, support, supporting the pavilion and uh, we'll have um, in excess of 350 people from Australia um, on the ground in in Philadelphia when we get there in June. And Dan, I'll bring you in at this point. Um, Why is it important for an Australian entity to go to bio? Thanks, Drew. Look, as Lorena said, bio is the premier event for the medtech, biotech and pharmaceutical sector uh, around the world. It's a place where companies, researchers can meet future partners. It's a place where deals can be done. It's a place where we can really showcase the the technologies, the the opportunities, the research capabilities and and, and just the general um, sector to the world. So it's really important. And that's why MTP Connect um, has been a major sponsor, if not the major sponsor of the event for a number of years, um, in partnership with the Department of Industry, Innovation and Science and the Department of Health. 
And Lorraine, what have you got on the agenda for this time around? What what specific events or activities are going to be the highlights this year? So the highlight um, really is uh, the capability that Australia can demonstrate uh, to the world, and one of those areas is the is our clinical trial capability. Um, Australia's seen huge growth um, in our attractiveness as a destination for clinical trials um, since the research and development tax incentive was introduced um, just under a decade ago. And uh, that capability in um, phase one and two trials has been attracting growing attention uh, at the bio meeting. Um, So there'll be a very strong um, presence from those people involved in clinical trials in Australia and um, reaching out to people um, to showcase our capabilities. Um, but also uh, many of the other opportunities that we have in Australia in terms of um, technology that's being developed and um, people looking for partnerships in that area. Um, In terms of actual events, um, we'll be presenting Australia to the Global Innovation Hub, which is an an opportunity for uh, Australia to provide its competitive advantage um, to to an audience of of attendees. Um, We also host an Australian reception um, which is uh, classically um, very well attended, probably one of the best attended um, pavilion events at BIO. Um, and there will also be ongoing um, meeting and partnering throughout the meeting. And you'll have been to quite a few of these, I'd imagine, Lorraine. Um, do people tend to seek out the the Australians? Um, I know the Canadians are always big there and the British are always big. Do we do we stand out? Are we sought after? Yeah, absolutely. Um, not only are we one of the um, top ten delegations in number terms, uh, but we're also um, one of the very popular um, areas. Um, as I said, mostly because of our clinical trial capability, but also um, people are very interested in the R and D tax incentive and um, what that means in terms of them bringing their businesses to Australia. So we get um, the the three major questions that we get are, how do I start up a clinical trial in Australia? Um, how do I access the research and development tax incentive? And uh, how do I get one of those clip-on fluffy koalas that um, I can take home <laughs> to my children? So it's, uh, it's one of those meetings where you really need to pre-plan your meeting schedule, pack three times as many business cards as you think you'll need, um, and prepare to partner. And Dan, is that your experience? Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think um, the Australians are well sought, off, sought after. But, but bio is really more than just, just sort of promoting Australia. It's an opportunity for our companies and our researchers to connect with the pharma and biotech sector. And, and you'll see that all of the pharma companies have their, their major scout teams there. It's an opportunity to build those relationships. It's really speed dating on steroids where, where people will pack in 40 or 50 meetings over a three-day period all with the key licensing people in in pharma. And so for for our companies, for our Australian companies going there, it's a great place to make those initial introductions to the the future partners, but it's also a great place to um, reestablish those relationships once they're met and continue to build on those relationships. Okay, well, let's leave bio there and um, maybe take a little bit of a U-turn. But Lorraine, you mentioned clinical trials and the attractiveness of Australia's clinical trials capabilities. Yeah. I know you and Dan were recently in 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 Asia uh, promoting clinical trials. Is it the same sort of questions that you get in Asia as you do in the United States? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's uh, we the clinical trial notification system in Australia is very attractive because it provides uh, faster start-up times um, in our country, uh, but also uh, the reputation of our research is held in very high regard around the world. 
uh, and that is um, becoming increasingly sought after uh, because of all because the uh, package that people look at in terms of uh, how they assess a country to as a place to conduct their clinical trials uh, it's a package of things that are assessed all together and it matters that the whole package comes out on top. Um, so the, the current mix of um, capability that Australia has to offer is very attractive and so um, that's what's driving um, this interest and we're, we're even seeing um, Australian organisations expanding their capability to deal with that demand at the moment. So it's a really positive environment in that sense. And do we have to be in these markets to promote these capabilities? Yeah, I think the uh, I think that's an absolutely critical point, Stuart. Uh, the idea that we can sit at home and expect people to come to us is a fallacy. Uh, we really need to be in other countries talking to potential partners and and people that are interested in our technology and inviting them back to Australia. And what we see quite often is um, the outreach. Uh, that work that we do overseas um, results in people coming into Australia for the Ausbiotech meeting, which is held in October each year. Um, and it also helps attract um, critical investment interest um, into Australia. And uh, obviously it's a place that is a long way from the US market uh, and in cultural terms quite different to the Asian market. So we have... Um, uh, the more outreach we do, the more hospitable um, we appear to those um, to those interests, and that's every time we reach out overseas, we see a really positive result as you know as an outcome. Good, and Stuart, I think it's really important to remember that that clinical trials um, account for a large a large amount of of spend in Australia perhaps a billion dollars plus of, of activity happening in Australia. But it's not just the money that's being spent on trials. It's not just the employment that that drives, but it's also a key key mechanism to allow Australian patients to access new, new innovative products as they go through the development path. It's an opportunity for our clinicians to be exposed to those new, new therapeutics as they're developed so that they're ready to actually implement them when they come on board. So I think, you know, promoting clinical trials is key financially in terms of jobs, but also very much so in terms of patient outcome. And I suppose we can't just uh, target one market at a time. We've got, to be, we've got to be everywhere all the time promoting our skills and capabilities. We do. And, and as Lorraine said, we're seeing great interest from all of the places that we've gone. We've been to Hong Kong. We've been to Shanghai, Korea recently with Oz Biotech and others, Oz Trade. Um, great interest in coming. As Lorraine said, you know, it, it is partially related to cost and the R&D tax incentives. It's very much related to the speed that we can get into the clinic. It's also related to the strength of our regulatory environment, our IP um, environment, um, and and really the capabilities that we have within our health infrastructure, the, the quality of the hospitals, the clinicians, the KOLs that can help drive these trials. Lorraine, what's your view about the current strength of Australia's MTP sector as you prepare for the, the big delegation to Philadelphia? I think the strength of the sector is um, terrific at the moment. We've uh, tracked the sector for the first time uh, uh, in the you know in the last twelve months, and actually quantified it. And we know that in, in employment terms, it's a it's broadly comparable to the to Australia's largest industries. Um, but also in company terms, we had a long road back from the GFC, uh, and we we're seeing real results at the moment. You know, it feels like. Um, a perfect storm. 
Um, we've got uh, about 850 companies in the ecosystem and all of this uh, interest in our clinical trials capability is actually helping Australian companies too in developing their programs in country. Uh, and so there's a there's a um, an ecosystem effect where one part is helping another and we're seeing strong growth across the sector in, in all areas really. Um, and certainly the venture capital that we're um, attracting is staying pretty on par around a billion dollars a year and that's a really um, good indicator that we've got uh, science and technology that is attractive on the global stage and while we're able to continue those kind of relationships, um, we'll continue to be a global player. And Dan, for you, any emerging areas of our of our sector that sort of uh, coming into prominence? Yeah, look, sir, thanks for that. We we've just revised our sector competitiveness plan, which will be released shortly, and and out of that work, we've consulted broadly across the country with with key stakeholders and, and started to identify new opportunities to promote. And one of those one of those sort of emerging knowledge priority areas or 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 megatrends relates to regenerative medicine. We've worked with Oz Biotech's Regenerative Medicine Advisory Committee um, and others to to put out last year a, a roadmap for the regenerative medicine sector in Australia. That's being taken up. We, we see that the government's looking at that very closely and have invested $150 million into the National Stem Cell Therapeutics Mission. That's going to help drive some of that sector. We'll do more work with um, with Oz Biotech to, to promote that sector. So I think regenerative medicine stem cells is one of those areas that that's really emerging but there's a whole host of, of areas you know you shouldn't forget digital health and, and the prevalence of digital across the whole health platform now the whole med tech sector um, I think we're seeing that happening with some of our partners like and health promoting it so I think you know there there will be some new areas that that will come out in the SCP that that will help drive over the next 12 to 24 months. And Lorraine, for you, any emerging areas we should be noting? I agree with Dan that regenerative medicine is um, is a really strong area at the moment, and and that's uh, following the global trend. Australia is a is a key player in that global rise of, of the area, and uh, medically, you're seeing incredible results um, from some of the therapies that are being offered there. Um, we've just seen an investment in um, CAR T. Uh, manufacturing in Melbourne um, and that's a really positive step that really helps put us on the world stage. Um, but we're also seeing some niche areas develop that you might not have expected. Um, one of and a good example of that is um, the bionics area and uh, we're seeing um, quite a quite a burst of growth because of the success of cochlea in the Australian environment and and their uh, work to put back into the local area. Um, by helping companies that are developing uh, the bionic eye, for example, uh, and other areas of bionics. So they're sharing their expertise and we're seeing this um, rise of a, a broader industry around um, a number of areas of bionics, which is really exciting. And, and I guess, Stuart, the, you know, just the general med tech sector is really, I think, growing quite well in Australia. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that um, coming up very soon, we'll be launching the next round of our Biomed Tech Horizons program, a, a $45 million program to support early stage um, med tech and technologies to get to proof of concept. And the um, next round of that program will launch on the 15th of June. And we'll obviously have uh, lots of details about uh, Biomed Tech Horizons on MTP Connect's website. Let's uh, turn now, Lorraine, to public policy. Obviously, it's a, it's a real underpinning of, uh, of the strength of Australia's MTP sector. It's a focus for Oz Biotech, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, so policy in the policy arena, probably the most important program um, from the federal government has been the research and development tax incentive, and uh, that's it's been about a decade since that was um, announced, and a, and a couple of years later was um, put into place. But the refundable component of that was um, really game changing for this sector. It enabled companies to um, receive non dilutive capital back into their business um, after they've expended money on clinical trials to enable them to expand their or to sorry to extend their programs um, and continue them and so what we've seen is a number of companies um, getting to their next inflection point more quickly than they would have otherwise uh, and that's a really that's been really pivotal in um, a lot of the activity in the sector and and driving that um, but we think that uh, tax incentives are a particularly um, constructive way to incentivise certain behaviours. And uh, we're really keen on the idea of um, research and development being um, incentivised. And it's a terrific way to do it. And that is to um, offer companies incentive to do it, to i.e. spend the money first, and then we'll give you some support back for that. And that then drives um, further and further productivity. Um, so it's a, a more constructive um, approach than, for example, a granting system. Um, so the idea of um, the research and development tax incentive makes a perfect centrepiece to add on some tax incentives. And one of the tax incentives that's been um, mooted um, for a little while, uh, but that is getting a lot of attention at the moment, is um, is a, an incentive to exploit IP within the country in which it was developed. And um, we think there's a lot of merit in that program. And so uh, we're doing some proactive work around that at the moment um, to try and uh, make the case for a, an extension of the R&D tax incentive into um, something that will help keep that technology in Australia um, once it's developed and we're manufacturing it. And obviously the federal election is just around the corner. So in a sort of a, a non-partisan way, do you think that, uh, that that both sides of politics are are up to speed on these issues of, of incentives to spur research and development and the sort of translation and commercialisation and revenue streams that flow from that? I think that there's a, an intention um, to support this area. I think um, the R&D tax incentive has become a, a target for uh, cuts and um, and tweaks that would orient it in a different direction. Um, and that's a shame because for our sector in particular, it's working very well. Uh, I don't I don't know how it's working in other sectors um, and I don't have information about that, but I know for our sector it's been particularly positive and successful in its intention. Um, so what we'd like to see is that preserved um, for the future um, and any changes that are, that, that are deemed required um, be made in other areas that don't um, take away the benefits that we've seen um, from the from the incentive so far. And I suppose in keeping with our global view in this discussion, there are other jurisdictions have other approaches to incentivising research and development. And if, if we're all creating global products, then I suppose we have to be aware of what those, those alternative models are. I think uh, the models that have been used for the R&D tax incentive around for, for a an R and D tax incentive around the world uh, have been uh, or were considered in the in the construction of it, of the Australian version, and 
certainly it's it's well accepted that, that Australia has either the best or one of the best in the world. And that's um, that's critically important in terms of looking to now change it um, going forward. So I think that notion of preserving um, what we've done that's cor- that's right um, is really important and um, understanding if we were going to pair it back or change it, why we're doing that and what we hope to achieve by it. And what else is on your public policy agenda, Lorraine? So as biotech is very active in the regulatory uh, policy space at the moment. There have been um, an enormous number of uh, consultations recently. Um, even the TGA will admit there's been an enormous number, um, which goes to how active the TGA is at the moment around trying to implement um, some of the intentions of the uh, review of medicines and medical devices. And uh, that has been an enormous piece of work that's taken some years already and and continues um, day in, day out. So, for example, Ausbiotech's um, responded to nine submissions in three months and uh, we haven't responded to all of those that have been put up for consultation. So this is an incredibly active space. It looks at areas um, as diverse as a, uni- a unique identifier number for medical devices through to a clinical trials um, audit program. Um, so there's lots of... Lots of um, uh, meat in the in the policy space at the moment, and uh, certainly a policy that supports um, clinical trials, research, supports um, the preservation of IP, um, and that that supports tax incentives that that help in the environment um, to um, make the economic environment conducive to um, growing a business um, are all things that we're interested in at any given time. Um, but certainly the threat to the R&D tax incentive is top of mind. And Dan, uh, we've at MTP Connect worked pretty closely with Ausbiotech on a number of projects over the years and I suppose it goes to that whole notion of, of collaboration and the, and the sector working together to tackle some of these issues and, and promote our capacities, whether it's at, at Bio or BioKorea or um, the Asia Investment Series in, in Shanghai and Hong Kong. Absolutely. I think, you know, Australia is a big country, but we're a small population. I think we have to work together on, on, on all of these initiatives. We're working closely with Oz Biotech, with Medicines Australia, with MTA, a host of other organizations on, on some of these policy uh, objectives. Um, and I guess it would be remiss of me not to mention Oz MedTech because at Oz MedTech's conference next week, um, we, along with the TGA and others, will be um, involved in a session on regulatory reform, if you like, for the digital health sector. And so we'll have a, a preliminary release of our project that we funded with uh, the help of CSIRO and Health, um, University of Queensland and others, Department of Industry, Innovation and Science, that looks at the pathway that, that our med tech companies are taking through the regulator and looking for opportunities to, to A, help them get through that pathway, but also for, to help them understand what the pathway is. And so that, that will be launched at, at Oz Biotech's Oz MedTech conference um, next week. Well, the work never ends. Lorraine, a real pleasure chatting. Thank you for uh, coming into our podcast studio today. Thanks, Stuart. And good luck with the mission to Philadelphia. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Lorraine. And you've been listening to MTP Connect's podcast series. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and we'll tune in again with you next time.